Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. actually could hear me so it's actually welcome to off the rails uncensored the reprise of whether or not a crowd is a great idea for wwe because apparently you know at wrestlemania 37 it wasn't punishment it was we have 25,000 people who haven't seen a show they don't care how good it's going to be they just We'll look at the matches and ooh ah it, and and just and go for the quality. So, right out of the gate, I am testing the recordings of the you know this show, and I'm going to be reading to you statistics because apparently last night's show got cut short for some reason. It was only three minutes in length, but I don't know if it's something that I said that. Somebody at the powers of B said, we don't want this gentleman spouting off stuff. Do you know that WWE Raw's ratings were down 5.9%? They were at the first hour, it was somewhere around 1.8 or 1.7. Let me do, let me actually do some figuring here because this is ridiculous having to record a different episode on a day during the day. So, raw ratings as of this week. I want to see. So, it says they dipped below 2 million views after one week. And this is according to WrestlingNews.co. Uh, let's see here. According to Showbuzz Daily, the episode drew an average of 1.907 million viewers on the USA Network. This was down from 2.026 million viewers a week ago. And the reason last week had such a big increase was it was post-WrestleMania. You know, a lot of people would tune in the day after the show because normally that's when the good stuff comes out, right? It says the 18 to 49 demographics saw in the hour of 063 and let's see, then 0.63 in hour two and 0.57 in hour three. Those are just the demographic number percentage-wise for the people ages 18 and up. This, you know, it says last week compared to this week. So to compare and contrast, 8 p.m. hour one, 2.017. Last week was 2.091, so it's not that much difference. Then hour two come along, and it says... 
By 9 p.m., 1.98, and last week it was 2.125. Hour three, 1.724 million, and it was down only just a hair a bit, so 1.862. So the episode featured Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle, the Viking Raiders, Eric Nybar versus Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and much more. At least the episode featured wrestling. I mean, it's not... Sometimes the consistency for Raw and SmackDown Live and shows like that are a few far in between. So I'd like to know, the burning question is, is WWE going to create or a different format for us to watch, or is it going to be a shit show? I'm just going to get straight to the burning question. Is it going to be the same with a crowd, without a crowd? Because there's a lot of question marks remaining with all these releases and stuff. Are they losing money? What's going on? Because I know that my episode didn't cut out last night. I, I had never had any issues regarding blog talk radio, maybe one or two times, and that was in the five years that I've been working under the tutelage of blog talk radio. But anyways, enough about me. Let's get straight to the point. So several people have been reported as leaving WWE, does that have anything to do with the decline in viewership? Now that, you know, majority of NXT, old NXT, and some of the current NXT roster members that have left the black and gold brand, such as Rhea Ripley, and uh, let's see, who else? Bianca Belair. They are respective champions now on their respective rosters. What does that have anything to do with viewership decrease it just seems like there needs to be some fire lit under WWE's ass and like I said I don't plan on uh, being involved unless by some miracle I am invited so here goes I've got a lot of burning questions for WWE what's going on with NXT are there people that we would like to be informed about you know such as Adam Cole, you know, what's going on? Who's injured? Who's not? Why is there why is there so much hesitation in NXT? I mean, it's turning into a main roster faux pas because not faux pas, it's turning into a main roster mirror. That's not a good thing. It's preparing them to get up to the main roster, but if you still want a steady decline in ratings, keep doing what you're doing. Because I've watched WWE for years since I was a child, okay? I can remember going on to the blacktop at school, grabbing then WWF magazines and then sharing them with my friends, you know, and like, hey, do you know this is what the editorial said or whatever. I didn't say those words back when I was a child. The point is, it was captivating TV. It was entertaining. Now I turn on the TV for two weeks. I'll understand what a story is. And then I'll be completely lost as to what's going on. And I can give you one good example of that, and that's Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton. Now they completely killed that story, or did they? It's Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton. I'm all for change, but... I would like to know <clears throat> just when 
what, how, when, where, why. Those, that story fits in with the whole Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton. So somebody did the dirty and cut the audio out, and I never had myself on mute. So I'm wondering what the hell went on because majority of it, I you know I've all for censorship if somebody's a complete asshole, but I'm just asking a question and I don't want to be censored. I would like questions answered, if you could, because I've been watching WWE for years and I don't know if there was technical difficulties with uh, blog talk. But I would like to know whether or not you guys are going to be the same with a crowd or without a crowd. I would like to know full circle whether or not WWE is going to be the same as they once were back in 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. Even into 2004, they were decent. You guys were decent, not they. You guys were decent. Now watching WWE seems like a reporting show for journalists like myself and other podcasters that watch it. And they say, well, I didn't mind this portion of the show. I just mind, I just minded this. I guess my big question to WWE in general is, where do we go from here? And how does one watch you without being confused? The Hurt Business was a thing for like two and a half, three, yeah, three months, and now they're not. So, what's going on? I mean, because if I'm being honest with you, things I don't like are the fact that if a faction gets made and it doesn't last long because it's going stale, then you kill it, obviously. The fact that Lashley was champion, did that bother me? Yes. Because he's about as entertaining as a tree, as a tree stump in the ground. It doesn't move. It doesn't do anything. Lashley was the first person to break the master lock, and she uses that as a sense. You know what match I'm I'm itching to see now? Bring Chris Masters back and put him against Bobby Lashley. Because it'd be funny as hell to see the both of them use both the same finish. Full Nelson in the middle of the ring. I'm just saying, just something interesting. Hold versus hold match. The first person to slap the hold on the other makes the uh, other person submit, and that person can no longer use the hold. <clears throat> I know that's not as interesting as the cage match that we saw at WrestleMania 37. I mean, that was that's fairly entertaining between Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. There was a payoff, thank God. Not all of WWE is bad. It's just hard to watch the majority of the time. If I'm supposed to watch Raw, if I'm supposed to watch SmackDown Live, I don't want to see a lot of guys picking up microphones and and talking for hours. I mean, that's what I do. That's my job. That's my side gig. This is my side gig, right? My side job. To pick up a phone and talk into it and basically convey what's going on with what I like, what I dislike, what I would like to see. I'm just confused. I'm very confused as to what we as an audience were supposed to be watching on Raw, on SmackDown Live, because 
there was a time before WrestleMania 37 that Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns locked horns. Okay, and my question to you know the staff is: Did somebody come in the back and complain about his spot getting taken? Because if so, that's a bitch move. Nakamura is one of the best workers in that locker room. And it could have been interesting to see Nakamura versus Reigns, but instead you picked up on the story of Kevin Owens versus Roman. And that's whatever. I mean, it just killed the momentum that Nakamura had going for a championship. But it seems like all... The guys that are foreign are either going for a mid-card match or they're going to eventually job to Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. Those are just personal observations. But what's going on? Why is it going on? What is the what are the ulterior what are the ulterior motives and reasons behind you guys doing these things? Is what I'm getting at. I guess you know most of my material got cut because it was just one big long rant. But now that I'm calmed down. I'm still going to do a show in the morning, and I'm still going to record this. So hopefully this goes through. And if it doesn't, fine. I guess I'll, you know, sit here and just record when it's going to give a file, right? So I'm going to press record so that we all can uh, agree upon. So here goes, folks. So. Russell Radio Network and Off the Rails Uncensored, I've been running this show or these shows for five years, and I've got some questions, some interesting, hard-hitting questions that nobody will answer because it is, well, 1228 here in Brooklyn, by the way. And I'm doing a redo because last night's show, for some reason, was only four minutes and 18 seconds of just music. Cult of personality, you know, living color. So I'm wondering if Blog Talk must have lost the audio in translation or, you know, what have you, whatever went on. So I've decided to ask some hard hitting questions like, why can't WWE do certain things? Why can't they? Well, I know why they've outlawed color for some weird reason, you know, on live TV. If someone is bleeding, oh no, someone's busted wide open because they fucking gigged. Allow me to entertain you all with a little something, something. The highest ratings in WWE history was around a 10.8, and that was in 1999, and the show was in Orlando, Florida. So, at that time, you know, a lot of people were watching wrestling and they were into it and there's such a thing called compelling TV so again I'm going to ask this question before I you know get bleeped out or probably muted will WWE be the same without a crowd I you know have been wanting to know this for quite some time because ever since 2014 and on Part of me felt WWE was doing something right with NXT. All the guys and gals that they've been calling up, like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe and all these people from the independent circuits that have been coming up, you know, 
Kenta, that's the give or take, you know, and Sammy Callahan and all the names that have been mentioned, they're like, well, you know he was in WWE, James Storm. I don't know. Some guys and gals get lost in translation. And certain burning questions come about, you know, especially with WWE going to the formats that they are going to, especially with Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend and Randy Orton. So now that story got killed, and now it's Randy Orton feuding with Matt Riddle. I, I'm just at this point, it's like having a neuralizer in the movie from the movie Men in Black and saying, "You guys didn't see shit. Your memories are going to be wiped out, and you're not going to remember a thing." And sadly, folks, there's still a separation between main roster fans and NXT. Well, you know, you can't change a main roster fan's mind about going into watching the black and gold brand, and you're not going to change the black and gold brand's mind about watching main roster. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's still a division between fans, and there's still chaos between what the hell's supposed to be going on main roster shows. I mean, what are we supposed to be watching here? Are we supposed to be watching wrestling, or are we watching one big talk show? Because I thought long ago, you know, Ricky Lake and Sally Jesse, Raphael, those those were all done, right? Out of control teenagers. You know. <clears throat> Who's the baby daddy with paternity tests? That's Maury. That's Maury's main thing. If a new show on Fox is beating you in ratings, I mean, I looked at the demographics, so this is not for the faint at heart. If a Fox News show came in with 4.017 ratings on Fox News ahead of SmackDown Live, and then, you know, on top of that, there's other shows that are beating WWE to a pulp. It used to be wrestling would be the main thing on TV to beat Monday Night Football. Now Monday Night Football is still beating the crap out of WWE. Why, you might ask? Because when you turn on TV, the USA Network around, oh, you know, 9 p.m., my time, 8 p.m., whatever, and standard central time, whatever, you start off either with the highlights from what happened on last week's show, and then out comes Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley or Randy Orton or whomever, And all of a sudden, they pick up a microphone, and they begin to blab, and blab, and blab. And that blabbing can be any range from five minutes to seven minutes. Yes, they have to fill time because it's a three-hour window on Raw. And they're not, you know, SmackDown Live is not exempt either. They pick up microphones and talk and then wrestle. Why can't it be, you know... We've tried this format before where it's nothing but, you know, straight-up wrestling. So they we wanted wrestling, we got straight-up wrestling. And then some of us wondered, okay, maybe one or two promos at least. It's always going to be one of those lose-lose situations. You're neither going to please someone or help them along. That's the bad thing. Because when I watch professional wrestling, I want to know 
what's going on in the show. I don't want to be lost in translation trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with your show. I just want to be informed. I just want to watch it and enjoy it and kick back and say, man, that was a damn good match. Or, oh, I'll remember this. But now, every time that I try and tune in faithfully and and watch it, it's kind of a chore, and I just pop on my phone, look at, you know, brainyquote.com. While I'm listening to what's going on the TV, I'm not, not listening. It's kind of damn near impossible. But with um, the announce crew of Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon, it's going to be pretty damn hard to uh, think, if you will, or watch the programming. Speaking of, you know, commentary teams making up night, I mean, you got Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett, which is an astrological, not an astrological, but it's just a disaster of epic proportions. Is there a need for Mauro Ranello? Yes. Because that man was the ace. Of the sauce that made NXT hot. You want to tune in to watch anything. Who you know? Who comes to mind? Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Taz at one point, Michael Cole, maybe no, not really. Uh, and this is my personal opinion. When NXT was running completely, you know, smooth with Percy, Marvinello, and Nigel McGuinness, or when they had Byron Saxon, Corey Graves, and Tom Phillips. Yes, people get shuffled around. But as a dedicated wrestling fan of 15 plus years, I've only been on the surf for 34. I'm turning 34 next month, but that's besides the point. My point is part of the reasons for the decline in ratings, in my own opinion, is in commentary teams calling the action, are you really going to want to tune in to just Saxton and Phillips? Phillips can call better than Joseph. Joseph tries, but every time it sounds like some one big, you know, stubbing of the toe, and some furniture, it's like, oh, and nothing changes. So we can't really change his point of emphasis when he announces. We've tried to suggest putting McAfee on the announced team for NXT, but now he's on SmackDown Live with Michael Cole. So we're left with the big question that I've been wanting to ask WWE as a whole. Are you guys going to be the same format, the same setup, you know, with the crowd? Because I saw just a big old thinker Happen at WrestleMania 37. Two nights, right? The triple threat match wasn't a bit too much. It just, with Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan, it was a good pace. Um, I tried my damnedest to understand why title didn't change hands. Maybe they're trying to build Brock Lesnar versus um, McIntyre. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to build Lesnar versus Reigns again which I don't know what would be the purpose of that match, but sure, why not? I'm just, you know, 
a humble audience member just trying to point shit out. Like uh, on Peacock, the only complaint – actually, there are several complaints. Like you can't watch it whenever you want to. You have to watch it right then and there. And there's no – there's no way of um, being able to tune into it whenever you want. So that might be a reason for decline in subscription sales. I mean, it's only $4.99. Content editing on Peacock, I've, I've sifted through it. Not all that great. And the content that it does have is nowhere near uh, the ambiance of what was going on on the WWE Network. Yes, it's cheaper about five bucks cheaper i don't know if any of you have questions oh there is questions cool russell underscore radio and let's see what else oh yes russell radio network forward slash facebook.com and at underscore brian rails on twitter those are the social media handles and the question i'm reading is from kaylee it reads do you think that NXT UK could begin to improve, or do you think they're fine just the way they are? I think NXT UK is doing just fine. I think there's rooms for impro- room for improvement, and they should add new talent whenever they get the chance. Um, I personally speaking, you know, just want to point out it's difficult to keep track of everything within WWE <clears throat> simply because. After looking and trying to find out why there's such a decline in ratings and and if their merch sales are declining too, that's kind of sad because they've got so much shit in their merch and on WWE.com that this begs the question, then how are they keeping afloat? I'll tell you how. WrestleMania 37 bailed out a lot of things. But still, there's a lot of loss in money, and they had to release Mojo Raleigh, Peyton Royce, Billy Case, Mojo. I mean, it's just there's just a lot of question marks that I have. I've always had question marks when it came to WWE. I really did. So I still feel like there should be room for improvement. But what do I know? I mean, I'm just a fan. And so, without further ado, the following content contains expletive language not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If there are kids listening to my show, my apologies if you put this on loudspeaker for myself to be heard, but <laughs> there's more F-bombs than D-Day on my show. So, um, please sit back, fucking relax, and uh, I can't guarantee you won't come out offended or the same. So, monkeys in the truck, if you could please hit my music. It'd be wonderful. Please, pretty please, with cherry on top, cream of the crop. You get. Let's hope this recording goes through. 
this is a direct Q and A uh, with nobody present. So here goes. I've got some questions that I actually, for the first time, thought of uh, writing on my phone, actually typing up on my phone and asking WWE why they are doing things the way they're doing them. Do you know that you guys could be doing a lot better, you know, better than what you have been presenting to the fans? Yes, people are picky bitches. And yes, a lot of fans claim to know what they want, but they don't. So my question to you as a whole, as a company, is if you know things can go better, and you know that certain things wouldn't fly on TV, such as gigging or having specialty matches to protect your wrestlers, I understand 100% why there's no specialty matches. I'm asking you guys, why is it, you know, why is the format talk, 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 and there's only three or four matches? I mean, there's got to be a better way of, of doing WWE Raw. And not just Raw. Let's not pick on Raw, always. SmackDown Live could be a shit ton better, too. And it's not just who goes over who. Mikey gives a fuck less. You know, the whole Carmella Oscar thing way back in the day and the whole... Sasha and Bianca Belair feud, is it going to remain interesting? And, you know, is it going to be spiced up a little? You know, we got to add someone to the fray for that feud. And not just adding people to feuds. It's like, okay, also, the factions. The factions either need to stay or they need to go away. Because the whole, you know, six-person tag matches... They're getting old and they're getting stale. Those concepts are annoying the fuck out of regular fans that, you know, watch the programming and want to tune in week in and week out, but they can't because some of us are engrossed in the story. Some of us are just annoyed, you know, annoyed to bits about it. Every single other week, it's like, let's have a six-man tag. Let's have a six-woman tag. Let's have Charlotte come back. Let's have Charlotte, you know, completely stay away because of personal shit. It's not just one person or a group that's causing the issues. It's the stories that start up and it feels great and the vibe is good. And you're wondering, okay, are they going to continue the story with Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton? Are they going to continue the story of Sasha, you know, cheering on Bianca Belair like a cheerleader? Oh, wait, no. You guys, the timing is one thing that's a bit off in WWE. Like, why all of a sudden Sasha heals it up two weeks before Mania? That's stupid. Because now you knew putting, you know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks together as a tag team was detrimental to, you know, building the momentum that they needed built for the Mania 37 match. Yes, it was emotional that Sasha Banks lost the championship. Not really. Was it emotional that Bianca Belair won? Yes because she had never won a championship when she was in NXT, so she gets the main roster, and voila. Uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, she, you know, before she became main roster, she beat Oscar. She beats Oscar in one setting. I understand the need for her to get called up and for her 
to do her thing and win the championship because Asuka really at this point doesn't need one, but at the same token, is Asuka always going to lose at WrestleMania? And will Asuka stay with the company? I Honestly, at this point, I'm very unsure of a lot of futures with WWE, and that includes Shinsuke Nakamura. That includes Kevin Owens. Because Lord only knows, you know, Viking Raiders probably aren't going to stay with WWE for the time being. I mean, I could be wrong. But there's a lot of question marks. Like, are you guys going to be the same? Are you going to do the same shit when crowds go back to the arenas? Because, I mean, kind of showed us in true colors at WrestleMania 37. The cinematic entrances and the endings... Uh, or outcomes of matches that made you go, um, okay. It didn't make us talk about. It didn't make me talk about it the night after, unless one of my friends who's who are also into wrestling would talk about it. Just a lot of question marks, a lot of concerns, really. Like, are you guys for real, or are you guys just? fooling around with the idea like, oh, you know, we've got a crowd now. We can just fuck them over. That's the that's the main problem that I'm having right now is that there's little to no effort when it comes to the believability and also, like, the continuity in stories. Like, no story in WWE lasts longer than three weeks. It's very wishy-washy if, you, if you're looking at it from a creative perspective. I can't look at wrestling the same because I've been part of the side of the other curtain. Like the other side of the curtain there. So it's hard for me to watch from a fan's point of view. It really, really is. But if I'm observing what's going on right now, like looking at the landscape of WWE, it's looking very bleak. I mean, if the ratings went down from 2.017 to 1.9, that's a huge drop. And the demographics went down a whole bunch. I mean, 5.9% decrease in this week's ratings. And Raw's not the only show that's suffering, dude, because SmackDown, like, it's on a day that everyone's out at the bar. And, yeah, they'll have one TV, one TV at the local restaurants here. That watch WWE. I don't know if there's going to be a show at the Garden where there's not going to be TARP. And they don't focus on that. They focus on the full version, the full view. Well, let me tell you something. Watching professional wrestling, it depends. You know, on the indie level, you can enjoy it and, and revel in it and get to actually meet the guys very close and, and just see what's going on. Whereas, you know, in WWE, it's so, it's very guarded because I guess what I'm trying to say is there's more, there's more of an intimate feel when you watch the independents. And it's also the same guys going over, over and over and over again. Sometimes, sometimes they change it up and they see what's how the crowd reacts and they say, oh no, we're going back to the, you know, normal, you're going over and you're going over type stuff. I could have given a fuck less about some of the outcomes at WrestleMania 37. Some of the outcomes uh, of matches had me a bit concerned. 
why, you know, every single match between Bray and Randy Orton, Randy Orton nine times out of ten ends up winning the match. That makes us wonder, you know, is there something personal against Bray? Because ever since, you know, the whole Wyatt family, Fireflies, everybody ate it up, and no one really was, you know, into the whole John Cena bit. And that gets brought up a lot. You know, is there a personal vendetta with Bray Wyatt? Is there a personal vendetta with anyone from NXT? I don't know, because Vince seems to not care. He just... They have to show him something, why they belong, I guess. It's kind of like a stupid fraternity rule when you get to main roster, really. You work your ass off in NXT, and you, you know you get accolades, and you get a whole bunch of awesome you know at, you know stuff attributed to you in your career in, in the black and gold brand on the black and gold brand like okay i don't know, ricochet austin theory almost made it all the way up to main roster without even blinking and then he was brought back down so i don't know how to answer that question my friend except for you know if you get to any any level of wwe you've made it but your career is not guaranteed. If they don't like you, oh boy, you know, you're screwed out of luck. So, I mean, I, I hope that answers your question. Again, you know, you can message me on any three platforms, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Russell underscore radio for Instagram. Facebook is Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com and Twitter is and always will be at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. One of the things that bugs me is if your ratings haven't gone over one point six, they I mean they occasionally go a little bit over two point something. Just from reading the statistics on multiple websites including Forbes dot com, Bleacher Report, Cage Side News, Wrestling Inc. Brian Garrick's reports and various other reports that are around the same media length of reporting your ratings, you know, WWE's that is specifically in when they left, you know, uh, Wednesday nights and went to Tuesdays, nothing really changed. I mean, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's something to watch at night and it's something to partake in as far as, you know, participation as a fan. But, when people ask you where's that shirt from and they don't even know what the fuck's going on, it's because, one, not everyone is into professional wrestling. So it's hard to pull them in unless they're on the Jimmy Kimmel show or they were on some other show on USA Network, like Ms. and Mrs. I don't know what the main fucking reason is for the decline in ratings. Could it be the fact that Everything is just a straight wrestling match. Not everything has to include a chair or a ladder or something that puts their bodies in jeopardy. But there's got to be some form of fucking intrigue somewhere, stored somewhere in creative. So I know that Bruce Pritchard came back. I know that Michael Hayes is still there as a producer. I also know that Vince McMahon's in the truck giving the yes or no, the thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't know everything. I'm just, you know, from observation. And um, just taking a good gander 
at what they're trying to do and trying to convey to their audience, like, this is the story we're going with, so we're going to go with it. There's a few problems with that. And I'll bring this back up to full center stage. When you have a guy, the you know, the talent of a Shinsuke Nakamura, and he's showcased his talent on so many levels, if he's getting frustrated with being in WWE's rankings, I mean, what's stopping him from leaving? Because there were several that got released. So, I mean, what is the point of going to a company, you know, going through a company that only is going to book you through mid-card or not even close to sub-main? Uh, when he gets to a uh, main event, you know, it gets crapped all over. AJ Styles and him put on a damn good match, and it ends in a no contest after the man just won the Royal Rumble. You're like, well, no one can understand a word he says, so got to have a champion that speaks English. He speaks perfectly fine English. And if that's the reason why he didn't get chosen to be a champion, that's fucked up. Um, there's other things that I would like to point out. When you guys go back to doing live shows, when we're all vaccinated and this shit known as COVID-19 calms down, I wanted to ask you the question, so you're going back to live shows in 2022, supposedly, if this shit calms down, if it calms down. I don't know whether or not that'd be such a great idea. It is what some people, because some people are still, you know, this has traumatized them because of the whole quarantine and not being able to go places because their state locked down. It's hard. Because WWE and other wrestling companies have to make money. And the way they make money is through their merchandise stands and their live shows and all their promotions and what have you. <clears throat> Percentage they have to pay back to the gate man to answer that question. They don't get into the arena for free. They have to pay a renter's fee. So whatever they sell at the gate, it goes straight to the arena's manager. And that gets, you know, a percentage gets given. Not in cash, no sir. They have salaries. So to answer your question, Sammy, let's say you're a Miz and your salary is $11.4 million. That is accrued for every appearance, every, well, not appearance, but match and whatever is affiliated with WWE. So... Whatever he takes home is a lot more than I take home. Let's just say that. Does that answer your question, sir? All right. So we're trying to get ourselves situated with asking all these questions like, why why did you guys do what you did at WrestleMania 37? You know that people are going to tune in, and you know people are going to bitch and gripe on Facebook non-fucking-stop about what and who should have gone over and there were a lot of botches and I don't I hate that word it annoys the fuck out of me when smarts start opening their mouths about no that was a botch that was a botch again I'm going to ask the question is this going to be the scene like at Wrestlemania 37 is this how you guys are going to treat the audience because some people may say to themselves well, you shouldn't be bad-mouthing a company that you might be working for. Again, 
unless I get invited by some miracle to work for World Wrestling Entertainment, the answer is, you know, I've got to keep in mind this is my show and I'm going to, you know, some hard-hitting questions like, why do you do things the way you do? And if they don't get answered, how am I going to get answers when I'm not directly in front of Triple H or Vince McMahon or Stephanie McMahon or Shane McMahon or the people also beneath them and affiliated with World Wrestling Entertainment? What, you know, what makes me wonder a lot of shit, what was, you know, the real reasoning behind Samoa Joe's release? I'd like to know that. I would like to know why didn't you just reunite the Iconics at WrestleMania? And even if they didn't win the Tag Team Championships, it still would have been much better than Natalia and Tamina going after the Tag Team titles. There were a lot of uh, things that made me question, like, okay, Lashley versus McIntyre. Wouldn't you think that McIntyre could carry the championship a lot better on his shoulders versus Bobby Lashley? I mean, some people with logic may have thought, well, maybe it's just the way they decided to book things. Well, uh, to be honest with you, that way of booking style is very retarded because not only the outcome is confusing, you have McIntyre gunning for Lashley, and week after week he you know, goes after him so the villain eludes him. Is, is Lesnar getting in the picture here somewhere? There's just so many questions. They're like, well, you assume and you don't know, so you shouldn't ask so many questions. Here we go again. Do not tell me what I can and cannot do as a fan. I don't tell you this is how you should wrestle in the ring with this style when you know what brought you to the dance in the first place when you trained in that performance center or wherever it is that you started training at. So, again, you know, are you guys going to be like this when it comes to live crowds in 2022, if we get to that point. Are you guys going to still have the same shitty stories that only last for three weeks? And when they last, I mean, I don't know. Shitty stories is in the whole Lana Rusev Lashley thing. This was year, this was last year. This is this year. And we're still under the same shitty stories between Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton. No, that was a damn good story. It's better triangle of uh, characters to include, you know, creative creative juices getting flowed better. But instead of keeping it alive, we you you guys decide to fucking kill it. There are some things that I won't understand and probably maybe will never understand. When it comes to writing out stories that will last a while for the fans to be intrigued by. It's harder when you have a virtual audience throughout every single one of your shows because of the global pandemic. It is harder to not get complaints, you know, from today's Karens and Steves about, oh, my God, I can't believe he bled in front of my five-year-old kid. OMG, what message are you trying to send? Because they tried taking knives and they looked up gigging online. Look, there's a lot of dumbasses when it comes to uh, when they watch professional wrestling. There was a story of a child who piled drove his sister and killed her in the driveway because he saw the undertaker giving someone a tombstone pile driver. I mean, are you going to prevent stupid? No, but there comes a point 
when you can also write compelling TV, you know, write the the promos, holy fuck, stop talking. Because McIntyre, yes, he can speak. Lashley, not so much. I mean, he gives the basic uh, general idea of how to speak. But what I'm getting at is don't do so many fucking promos. How many years have we said this in a row? Especially on WWE Raw, if you want me to be specific. SmackDown Live is getting that way, too. It's like, wow, if I'd have known that's all it takes to be in WWE is to be athletic and to pick up a microphone, sure, to have it all. You have charisma, be able to bump, front flip, back, you know, back bump, be able to take dives on the outside. Wrestling's much more than that, in my humble opinion. It's a show. It's entertainment. It's to give the have the ability to give suspended disbelief. It doesn't take much with certain fans because they get riled up. Granny Hulkster, I love you. But, you know, she's one of those fans that you love to perform in front of because you know as a heel you can rile her up. As a face, you can have her cheering behind you, cheering for you. I guess what I'm getting at is, folks, it takes a special kind of stupid to think, you know exactly what the fans will want and not want. It's not what you want. It's what the fans want. And, yeah, granted, that's a holy mess trying to sift that out. But what the majority of fans, why they left WWE's fan base and jumped ship to AEW is because AEW, despite them being all over the place and chaotic and not keeping the story and doing stupid shit on TV like – Cussing up like a sailor, like I don't like I don't give a fuck if you cuss. But if you're on live TV, keep that shit to a minimum. Like it's funny how they bleep out shit, but then I just gotta wish them goddamn motherfucker. Like I'm sure FCC's up their ass right now. But some people are like, I don't care. At least they're real. Well, so is ECW. But we're if we're talking about current present day wrestling, you know, there's the NWA. Which, by the way, there's a special guest coming up on May 3rd, and his name is Will Peden. If you decide to tune in, you can do so at 10 Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Cheap Mick Foley plug. I know, but I had to segue before I got caught up in my rant. So I want to just point this out. There are things you can do to improve your wrestling shows. And, you know, if it comes from a fan suggesting these things, that's not necessarily a bad thing an educated fan not one who's all over the place and saying you know if Roman would just go away for a while and then you put the title on so and so I don't give a fuck you could have Roman Reigns as a champion that's not the problem the problem is God, you're you're making this out to be well people are just going to talk about it and that's our main thing if that's your main thing you're losing out also because If I don't and others don't – actually, let me rephrase that. If others don't tune in to your show and your demographics for the 18 to 49 crowd have gone down, you're like, oh, well, the main thing is we've got kids watching now. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I would like to figure out just what the hell is going on as far as who's watching your show. Because, you know, the buy rate's based on how many turn on their TV, right? And then that automatically counts as a viewer. Well, holy shit. If that were the case, 
and some imagine if it was based off if someone changed the channel. That would really suck balls for WWE. Because now if someone's like, Hey, I want to try out this you know, watching this wrestling thing and it turns out to be complete and utter shit and they're like, Well now I'm gonna change the channel because this you know, it's too confusing. I don't know what's going on. That's because some people don't have anything better to do other than, you know, watch other shit, you know, like UFC or football or the Combine or ESPN or Major League Baseball, which is going on right now. My Yankees are driving me up a fucking wall. What I'm getting at, folks, is wrestling can improve. It's, it's not wrestling as a whole, but wrestling for WWE can improve. If certain things were listened to, like minor suggestions, maybe if you had like a cyber, what would you like to see? We know that's going to be rigged too because Cyber Tuesday for SmackDown, or no, Cyber Sunday. Remember that? What kind of match would you like to see RVD participate in? And it would lean towards, okay, let's see what the fans actually said. Oh, no, we can't do this. We've got to make it look real on the demographic or on the graphic on the screen. Why, you know, why all of a sudden would I, you know, choose to tune into WWE now? NXT seems to be the only thing that's keeping me afloat, man, because the main roster shit is so hard to keep up with. They have a good story, they kill it. They have a faction, it goes great for, you know, a month, month and a half, and then it dies because less interest. It's not that Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley and Cedric Alexander and MVP aren't great guys. Who writes for them ends up being the the ideology behind their characters, and you're like, can I keep up with them? But I was thinking maybe along the lines of turn them into the next nation of domination. Not entirely, but since you got groups running around like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all this geared towards that. Of course, you're going to have people like, we don't include wrestling in politics. Oh, really? So, you know, what would you call the Nation of Domination? That group, strictly, you know, Rocky Maivia, Farouk, The Godfather, Savio Vega, at one point even had Owen Hart. And the premise of that group was, you know, Everyone's against us. You know, blacks are the only ones that matter. The concept is, so don't don't get all hissy-fitty with that shit goes on air, because it was true. That, that, the premise of that group was that everyone's against us, and they're not for us. We've got a chip on our shoulder, and you know what? We're good African-American dudes, and everyone doesn't understand why we're doing what we're doing. Then you had D-Generation X, the contrast that you know to Nation of Domination. They didn't give two flying fucks. They were the anti-authority group. They didn't give two shits. They ran roughshod, you know, against Sergeant Slaughter every single night. You know that they were on TV. It was, you know, they spray painted. Shit that should have never been spray painted on the wall, but they did it because it was controversial and it got it grabbed ratings. Sex, scandal, anti authority, 
all kinds, and they even had funny antics playing cards, you know, during people's matches. So I'm just saying, you know, you had they've had groups in the past. Undisputed Era is kind of like a combination of uh, Four Horsemen meets DX meets, you know, not Evolution, but just saying, you know, you want examples of groups in WWE that have worked in the past because there was some chemistry. There's definite chemistry between you know between all those men and women in those groups. The Riot Squad, you know, they had man Pages group with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I forget the name. Absolution. There we go. That was a nice heel group, and I would love to see those women versus the Riot Squad. Just saying, you know. If there's no groups that make sense, there's only one or two on main roster right now. Actually, is there one? Is there one? There's no more Hurt Business, so it's just Lashley and MVP. The mouthpieces, let's see, Paul Heyman and MVP. Hmm. Big question mark right there, right? So are are we ever going to see Roman Reigns versus Lashley? God, I hope not. Maybe it might be interesting. Maybe it may not be. But there's a lot of question marks raining inside my head, creating a big old thunderstorm of what the fucks. And let me tell you about the hailstorm that's about to come out of my mouth. Why is it, even without a crowd, WWE stuff is still all over the place, and it's not got a center fucking front story other than one that died and was doing decent with Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Also, Sasha Bianca and Rhea Asuka or whatever the fuck's going on, Asuka and Charlotte as a tag team. That's very odd to me. Now, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart and NXT, they're not main roster, but they did win the tag team championships from well, since they got vacated and they won a match against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, makes sense to me. I can get what goes on in NXT. I can't understand what the fuck is going on on Maine is my main concern. In other words, things are a bit confusing. Like, why do we kill a good thing going? Why is creative the way they are? So I hope this recording goes through because it's about 46 minutes long, about to be 50. Why bring back Ric Flair? Man's a legend. Leave him alone. You know? Why did AEW bring back Sting? Same thing. You know? Why did you guys bring back Goldberg? I'll turn the attention to why did you guys bring back Sting? Because the man's a fucking legend. And he's the nicest person when it comes to autograph lines. I'll tell you that. Just a lot of questions about wrestling, guys. A lot, a lot of questions. And I don't know if they're ever going to get answered because, quite frankly, I'm speaking in the thin air. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not because most of my episode got bleeped out. Because I know a little bit. I don't know all, I just read, I observe, I listen, 
I don't listen to Meltzer. I, I hate that guy. Honestly, I don't hate him as a person, but as a reporter, yeah, I don't like him because he's the guy that'll sit there and ruin things for me and some other fans who don't want to be told the results of the show or the possible results of the show. So in other words, I do believe in you know being surprised and, and being thrown for a loop. Didn't see that one coming. Man, this was pretty cool. I want to react like that again. So I want to just, you know, to close things out, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. This is the first morning show I'm doing. If you want to tune in, May 3rd is the next guest up. So you can download the episodes of Russell Radio Network and Off the Rails Uncensored for free on iTunes. Again, that is for the word free on iTunes. I am not, and I repeat, not on Spotify, although I think I should be. Okay. So, Monkey's in the truck. Can you please hit my music? Oh, if you didn't like what I said, then it's three choice words for you. It's my bad. Forget about it. Toodles, bitches, I gotta eat lunch. Personality, the cultural personality.